980 WCAP, Lowell, Haverhill, Lawrence, Methuen, Nashua, and Salem, New Hampshire, serving the Merrimack Valley. It's 980 WCAP, and it's active radio with Harley Pleshaw. Here's Harley. Hi, Harley. Hello, Cindy, and uh, happy St. Valentine's Day weekend to everyone in the active radio family. And it is my great pleasure to, uh, speaking of pleasure, this woman is an expert at that particular uh, art form. Uh, I am most happy to reintroduce the official sex and love expert, sexpert, as it were, of active radio, the one and only Dr. Susan Block. Dr. Susie, welcome. And it's my pleasure to return. Hi, Hartley. Excellent. And if you care to join us in this literal and figurative love fest, please do at 978-454-4980. And join us here on Active Radio's annual Valentine's Day, or in this case, Valentine's Weekend show. Dr. Susie, uh, first of all, I must congratulate you. You were uh, recently, I think you, you have won this title many times but you were named uh, uh, Sexologist of the Year by Yes, it's a hat someone. trick. Uh, so congratulations. Tell me, uh, who bestowed this, uh, this great award? The Glennie Award, and it's from Glenn Klein, who hosts Sex in the Pews, another show. Yes. Everyone has a show. Well, even I do. And we give each other awards sometimes. <laughs> no one's given me an award yet, but uh, I'm, I'm still, I'm still anxiously waiting. Well, uh, so uh, before we, we start talking about, uh, hear, or I should say hearing your annual uh, sexual state of the union address for 2022. Or uh, you could call it the state of the sexual union. Yes. Because there should be union. Even if you're by yourself, you should be at least uniting with your body, mind, and soul, you know? Indeed. Uh, so uh, just in case people don't know, and uh, I would certainly be most proud to enlighten them, you have uh, a radio uh, uh, empire of your own and, and uh, other, uh, other as- aspects of uh, communi- the communications art. Uh, tell my audience... Uh, how they can uh, hear you, uh, not just once a year, but uh, much much more often. Well, you can always just Google me at Dr. Susan Block, you know, and then you might just get to my website, drsusanblock.com, or you might get to my YouTube channel, which censors me every once in a while, and you might just get to one of my other platforms. I'm even on Spotify. I'm on them all. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know there was anyone left on Spotify, but... Uh... Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> we've got to, you know, hold down the fort for the lefties on Spotify. Indeed. So, Dr. Susie, let's take a look back at the year in sex and love. Um, actually, we're, we're well into 2022 now, but... Um, yes. Well, uh, as always, uh, the... the uh, uh, the element of sex and love entered into so many lives, uh, always, it always does, both public and private. Um, 
as you uh, look at uh, the, the national scene right now, and I guess we could call it the international scene, as we are talking on the phone, for example, right now, I understand uh, Presidents Biden and Putin are talking on the phone right now. I don't suppose they're having as pleasant a conversation as we're having. But uh, as you look back on 2021, um, what stands out for you in, the, in, in your realm of, of love and sex? Well, since my last State of the Sexual Union address, uh, about a year ago, I would guess that things have gotten mostly worse. In a few respects, they're a little bit better. I mean, we don't have a grifting, sociopathic narcissist in the White House. We have a geriatric, neoliberal, corporate, military, industrial complex cheerleader. So, I don't know, maybe that's a little bit better. He does seem to have a nice relationship with his wife, Dr. Jill, so I appreciate that. And yet, it does seem that we're even farther from my dream of sexual freedom that I expressed last year on this show, uh, inspired by Dr. Martin Luther King, my fantasy of sexual freedom. We seem to be even farther away from it in many, many respects. So we can break it down if you like, but (laughs) that's the uh, news. I mean, uh, there is some good news. There is some. But even the good news is a little bit, you know, qualified. Like, we have vaccines, yay, and they're decent, you know. The bad news is that COVID is still with us. And maybe that's due to the anti-vaxxers amongst us. The vaccines are imperfect, but they are still good. But still, it sucks to be single right now. It's very hard. Yes. Uh, I'm just talking about the corona apocalypse that is still not quite over. And a lot of people want it to be over. And then people get sick and there are these waves. So it, it's very hard to meet new people, and sexuality is infused with excitement with new people. And even with married people, it's very tough. Married people are driving each other nuts. Yes. I just well, read you know, this morning the, uh, a guy in Pennsylvania, my home state, uh, just beheaded his wife because, according to him, she tried to emasculate him. I'm wow. not going to say the words because I'm on regular radio right now. Yeah. But it's a, a rough situation when good consensual sex is so denigrated as it has been throughout this year. And it's been mounting for the past few decades, I think. And well, when uh, violence is so elevated, and that's violence domestically, violence in terms of war. I mean, the good make love, not war news we pulled out of Afghanistan. Pulling out is often the right thing to do in sex (laughs) sometimes, and certainly in war. Yes, indeed. The the bad Uh, news is that in both war and sex, pulling out can be messy. Oh, yes, indeed. 
Uh, I remember back when uh, the uh, pandemic started a couple of years ago, uh, next month we'll be, quote, celebrating, unquote, or at least marking the uh, second anniversary of the pandemic. And uh, there were a lot of jokes about how, you know, since everyone was cooped up together, uh, we would have this baby boom nine months later. But that didn't happen. In fact, like you just uh, said, just the opposite happened. Uh, people became less sexy. They became less erotic. Uh, the, the, the relationships became much more difficult. And uh, I guess we're still living in that situation now. Yes, because even though we fight against strangers, we don't trust strangers. We, you know, mount wars against strangers, but still we're attracted to strangers. It's exciting, even if we're not going to actually have sex with strangers, which I don't really advise, but hey, it's exciting. But even if we don't do that, just interacting with strangers is sexy, is fun. And when married people don't get to have that infusion of strange excitement every once in a while from other interactions, it's like, oh, it's just us. It's very difficult. It's very confining. And it's not what humanity evolved to enjoy. No. So it's been tough. It's been a rough year. And yet, you know, Stormy Daniels won her lawsuit against Avenatti. So some good Indeed. things. Uh, Dr. Susie, we have to go to a break now, but when we come back, okay. we'll have more with our guest, the official sexpert of Active Radio, Dr. Susan Block. Join us at 978-454-4980, 978-454-4980, here on Active Radio, here on WCAP, where everybody gets it. We'll be right back. Boston weather. Still you're my favorite work of art. 978-454-4980. 978-454-4980. That's the number to join us here in Active Radio. I'm Hartley Plushaw with my guest, the most distinguished sexologist, sexologist of the year, in fact, Dr. Susan Block. And we're talking about, uh, we're, we're, we're devoting the program to our annual Valentine's Day, or in this case, Valentine's Weekend get-together, uh, in which Dr. Susie bestows upon us all her, uh, her annual uh, State of the Sexual Union address. And uh, Dr. Susie, uh, uh, we were talking a little bit, uh, we were talking about the fact that we have a new president now, or uh, a different president from... <laughs> the one we had uh, last year and for the previous four years before that. Uh, in terms of the political world, I guess you could say the biggest sex scandal uh, or something like it uh, happened to uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo, the former governor now of New York, uh, and uh, he was uh, taken down uh, in, in much the same way as many other prominent men have been taken down over the past few years by allegations of uh, sexual harassment. And uh, there's, there's been kind of, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've noticed kind of almost a, a backlash to, uh, to all that. I think everyone realizes that uh, sexual harassment is a terrible thing. 
uh, should not be allowed. It should be illegal. But I've noticed some people are now saying, hey, has it gone too far? Can we, uh, uh, are we at the state now where relations between, or even, even casual relations between men and women on the job are, uh, are now, have now become de facto criminalized? And uh, I'd like to get your take on all that. Uh, uh, have, have we, you know, where do you stand on the whole Me Too phenomenon, and, uh, and where do you think that whole situation is going? Ooh, Hartley, such a touchy subject for Valentine's Day. Hmm, well, of course, consent is imperative. And I am a big supporter of Me Too. I'm also a big supporter of the bonobo apes, who are the most female-empowered great apes. Most of the great apes, including humans, are basically bullied by the stronger males. And that would include the females are bullied by the stronger males, and the males are bullied by the stronger males. So... Bonobos are kind of unique among great apes, although they have a lot of similarities with the rest of us, in that, number one, they make love, not war. They have a lot of sex, and they never kill each other. And they're also female-empowered. They are the original me-tooers, because if a male is so bold to get out of line to try to rape a female or harm her children, her girlfriends will gang up on that male, and they will stop him. They won't kill him, but they'll rough him up a bit. It's not a totally nonviolent society, bonobo world, but it is a not-killing society. And it's also a very inclusive society. And at the same time that it's very female-empowered, it's also very male-nurturing. There's an idea that the males are important, that the male sexuality is important to the community, and that if a male is bad boy, he should be punished, but he should also be taken care of. And basically all the males should be taken care of, and that would include sex. Now, I'm not saying we got to do that in our human society, take care of all of our males sexually. But I'm saying we should learn a lesson from the very female-empowered bonobos, where murder is non-existent, as I speak anyway, and rape is very rare. And even what we might call sexual harassment, any kind of non consensual activity against females is very rare and is dealt with. So we want to do this, right? I think we do. Yes. But we're not doing the other half of what bonobos do, which is to take care of male sexuality. And because we're not doing this, we are getting this backlash. Because we're not giving an inch on our definition of assault, which can range, I guess, from a rape with a gun to a uh, pat on the butt, <laughs> it does seem like that word assault is used 
to mean so many different things. It's confusing and very disturbing to people who would like to be sexual, which is basically all of us. So we're all confused, and it's showing. It's hurting. It's, it's very much hurting. And like I said, I'm a big supporter of female empowerment and no assault. But what is assault? And how are we taking care of male well-being? How are we nurturing male sexuality? I don't know if we are. And because we're not, for the most part, male sexuality, which has to go someplace, is greatly going into guns. The gun fetish is more powerful than ever. Amosexuality, some of us call it. And I think it's like awful, evil. But I understand that sexuality seeks a warm place to go. And if you can't find a warm place Consenting, adult, nice, male, female, male, male, female, female, intersex, whatever kind of sexuality, if you can't find that, can't find that welcoming space, then maybe happiness is a warm gun. And maybe we've got our not just corona apocalypse, but true apocalypse of terrible violence. Uh, you mentioned you used the word backlash, and uh, I've I've noticed this as well. Uh, it seems like uh, um, Andrew Sullivan in his uh, Weekly Dish uh, uh, column mentioned this uh, yesterday that uh, he notices that uh, it seems like uh, well, we can go back to the whole Trump election really as a, as a reference point that there were a lot of men out there. Uh, are not are not evil, are not uh, sexist, but are starting to feel excluded by our society, and they're uh, retreating into these uh, uh, what what they they wouldn't use this term, but but I will safe spaces. Uh, that's why they listen to people like and are big fans of people like Joe Rogan, for example. Sullivan mentioned the truckers' uh, rebellion up in Canada uh, as, as another example of how uh, angry men are literally taking to the streets, and they're, uh, they're sort of uh, forming this core backlash. You, you, you see it in, in the popularity of people like, uh, speaking of Canadians, uh, Jordan Peterson and others mm. of his ilk. And uh, yeah. is, is that uh, what... Is that what you're referencing in, in terms of a backlash, this, uh, this reactionary uh, behavior on the part of a lot of, a lot of men, including a lot of prominent men, uh, people like Peterson and Rogan, who, who seem to be uh, expressing or serving as, serving as outlets for this, uh, for this male rage? Yeah. I mean, they're popular partly because a lot of men are finding a lot of the liberal, leftist, pro-woman 
views to be off-putting, to not be inclusive. I'm a leftist, but I'm a sexy lefty. <laughs> At least I try to be sexy. And by the way, sexiness is still in style. There's all these sexy people out there. There's lots of sexiness. It's mostly celebrities that are supposed to be sexy. And we're supposed to kind of channel our sex drive into worshiping celebrities, although I guess that's been going on at least since the 50s or maybe since the Greeks. But in any case, yes, men do feel very left out, and that's why a lot of sexism is getting back in fashion. I'm not saying women are responsible in any sense, just like the woman who is said to have emasculated her husband this morning, did not deserve to have her head chopped off. Not by any means. And there's no excuse for this violence at all. But there are explanations, and there is something to think about, which is the denigration of sexuality hurts society. It hurts women. It hurts men. And... If we keep doing it, we're just going to destroy ourselves. We're going to destroy the most sexual part of ourselves. We're doing that. So I tell people to look towards the bonobos, the bonobo way. And by the way, Valentine's Day is also World Bonobo Day. So it's a good time to think about our kissing cousins, the bonobos, and how they do empower the females more than any other great apes, and how they also include the males. I did a whole talk before ASECT, the Association of American Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists, about the bonobo way of inclusivity. And by inclusivity, yes, I do mean the male along with the female and along with the intersex. But in our effort to be so, as they say, politically correct, we can leave out these, I guess, regular guys, but not just the regular guys, but the masculine, the part of all of us that wants sex, the part of all of us that wants to be aggressive about sex, to be careful, to be consensual, to be responsible, but yes, to pursue sex. We're all afraid of pursuing sex now. It's scary even for women because women are also getting accused. It's not just men. It's just anybody that expresses that male, I guess you could say, or uh, uh, let's say masculine uh, or aggressive desire. And yes, of course, that aggressive desire needs to be handled and responsible and consensual and not underage and all these rules. Of course, these rules are important to a happy and flourishing human society. And the bonobos have rules, too. But you've got to have some balance, and you've got to be able to let that sexual energy flow in some fashion. And I think a lot of these guys don't feel that they can let it flow. They don't know how. They're not being told how. It's not that anybody's stupid. It's just that they're repressing that. It's a religious movement, really, 
Jordan Peterson, Dr. Jordan Peterson, I guess we have to say, because I like when people call me Dr. Susie, so I'll call him Dr. Jordan. Well, okay, Dr. Jordan, he's definitely supporting the right-wing aspect of the sexual repression that is going on. But there's also the left-wing, and I guess the left-wing aspect is connected to the Me Too movement. But as Dr. Jordan Peterson pointed out at some sort of right-wing gathering that went viral where he's talking to Don Trump Jr. and Don's girlfriend, Kimberly Guilefoyle's uh, cleavage is bouncing excitedly as Dr. Jordan talks about how the left and the right are coming together in their mutual denigration of sexuality and how exciting this is. Uh, yes. Uh, one, one term uh, that I think sets a lot of people off in whatever direction they get set off is the term toxic masculinity. You've been hearing that phrase a lot lately, or at least I have. And yeah. I was just wondering what that phrase means to you, or even if you think it is a, uh, a proper phrase to use. Eh, you know, what phrase is proper for any wordsmith? It's all got multiple definitions. But uh, it's okay, you know. I mean, toxic means poisonous, means it's bad, and there are kinds of masculinity that are bad. I, I would say that the guy that chopped his wife's head off this morning had some toxic masculinity going on there. So did yeah. the guy that shot up a bunch of sex workers and blamed them for temptation. So did the guy that shot up the supermarket. He probably had sex problems too, but we don't hear exactly about those. There's a lot of what I call amosexual incel mentality, and it's mostly among men. And yes, it is toxic masculinity. Now, there's also toxic femininity. Toxic femininity, I would say, is almost a passive-aggressive thing. And bear with me, because I'm formulating this right now as you're asking. Because I'm thinking, if there is toxic masculinity, and there is, but I think it's used too often, and it's used to describe, like, all men, which is ridiculous. But there is such a thing. Hitler had some toxic masculinity, okay? But toxic femininity is also a thing when people, usually women, but it could be a man, use their power to passively get people in trouble who don't deserve the trouble, to kind of passive-aggressive harm people, maybe even kill people. Like, for instance, poisoning is considered a, a feminine way to kill someone. Not that guys don't use it, but I'm just saying, if you want to say there's toxic masculinity, there's also toxic femininity, is maybe bringing down someone who doesn't deserve to be brought down. I'm not saying the Cuomo situation fits that, but maybe, um, what's his name? Oh, jeez, uh, the guy that was a senator, the Al Franken. I kind of feel like he was brought down by toxic femininity. I'm going to use him as an example of that. I think some others have been. And not to say they're not guilty of something. I'm not going to say that maybe Al Franken didn't make tasteless jokes and grab a couple of asses. But, hey, I, I don't think of that as being so bad compared to 
the violence that is supported by most of our senators and congresspeople. Uh, I mean, actually, Al Franken supported that, too, but I, I don't think that he should be booted out of the Senate because of his small sexual peccadilloes that were called assault. Indeed. Anyway, there I said that, and somebody's going to go after me for that. <laughs> oh, you said it very well, Dr. Susie. Uh, we have to go you. to another break now, but when we come back, we will have more with our guest, Dr. Susan Block, on this, the annual Active Radio Valentine's Weekend Show. I'm Hartley Fleshaw. It's 980 WCAP. Here on Active Radio, I'm Hartley Fleshaw with my guest, Sexologist of the Year and the official sex expert, sex expert, as it were, of Active Radio, Dr. Susan Block. And Dr. Susie, uh, Picking up where we were talking, uh, what we were talking about just before the break, it seems like, to me anyway, and you can certainly give, give me your expert opinion on this, that we're going through, uh, to a large degree, obviously, this has been influenced by the pandemic, but I think we were heading in that direction anyway, a kind of a sexual counter-revolution uh, where, where people aren't... Uh, really comfortable these days with, with sex, with their own sexuality, and so forth. And it's interesting, um, I, I read, um, I try to read or acquaint myself with varying opinions from various uh, areas on the political and ideological spectrum. And one magazine I read fairly frequently is the American Conservative, it's a very right-wing publication. And I've noticed they've had several articles complaining about or decrying the decline in American sexuality. And I'm thinking to myself, this is, this is interesting because these were the same people or, or descended from the same people that just a few years ago were constantly harping about how we were becoming a, too promiscuous a society. There was too much sexual freedom. There was too much uh, sex in general going on out there. Now those same people are saying, are complaining we're having too little sex. And uh, I was wondering uh, what you thought of, of all this, uh, uh, you know, from your own perspective, but also looking at the perspectives of others. Uh, are, are we in what might be termed a sexual counter-revolution right now? Oh, sure. There's definitely what I call a neo-puritanical movement going on. <laughs> And it is on the right and the left, and people on the right and the left are suffering, and some of them are writers. So I guess those writers, conservative though they be, are horny or lonely. I don't know, but they are suffering. We are going through this due to capitalist forces, due to religious forces, due to climate change forces the pandemic, lots of forces. But the fact is, we are suffering for it. When you denigrate sexuality and you elevate violence, what do you think you're going to get? Well, we got it, and we're in it. We're in a violent, sex-negative society now. And I don't think we're going towards it. We're in it. So which way are we going to move now? We're always at a crossroads. And I still think there's hope. There's got to be hope, even though 
According to the myth of Pandora, hope was the last evil kept in the box, so I don't know. But I guess it's Valentine's Day, and I want to hope that we can bring back the sexual revolution, a sexual revolution that is perhaps more informed, more understanding of all sides, more understanding of what I call the bonobo way of peace through pleasure. And Valentine's Day is World Bonobo Day, so you could celebrate that if the candy-coated hype of Valentine's Day gives you a toothache. Um, (laughs) And if it does, uh, don't beat yourself up over it. Beat up somebody else. Well, that is, I mean, give them a good consensual flogging in honor of the ancient Roman celebration of Lupercalia. Important to be consensual, of course, but Lupercalia is a great way to celebrate Valentine's Day. It is the original pagan Valentine's Day, and it doesn't have any of this commercialism. It's not all about forcing you to be in love and romantic in a certain way. It's a beautiful thing to be in love and romantic that way, but to force that is a recipe for disaster often. So that's why I say, hey, you know, Better to have your buns beaten on Lupercalia consensually than have your heart broken on Valentine's Day badly. Of course, that's just if you're kinky. You know, if you're not kinky, just ignore that message. Indeed. Uh, well, we talked a little bit about the uh, the right, and uh, let's let's uh, let's talk about the left. Um, one of one of the uh, writers and and. Uh, public intellectuals I admire a great deal is uh, Chris Hedges, and I agree with him on just about everything he says, but uh, one thing he he also says is that we're in the middle of what he would call a, uh, a plague of, of pornography. He says that we're, uh, we've become sick with pornography, and uh, this is from a, from a guy who's pretty, pretty uh, solidly on the left. And I don't think he, you know, he's not a homophobe, he's not a prude, he's, uh, he seems to be very, uh, you know, liberal in the, in the you know, lowercase sense about, about most forms of sexuality. But, uh, you know, when I hear him say that, I think, uh, well, maybe I'm not looking too hard, <laughs> because I'm not really an expert on that particular subject. But, uh, you know, I, I notice, from what I can see, it's, it's going in the opposite direction. Uh, magazines like like Playboy and Penthouse and Hustler they're they're pretty much gone now. And uh, exactly what he, was, what he was talking about, I think, was you know he he, he wrote a book about about uh, various negative aspects of American society, and you know he uh, he observed uh, what he thought was, and I think most thinking people would think was a very uh, uh, ugly manifestation of this. People. Uh, Sadomasochistic situations and so forth, but uh, what, what's your take on that? Uh, are, are we indeed a pornographized culture, or uh, did Mr. Hedges and other people like him, again on the left, are they uh, misstating, in your view, what that situation really is? Well, I would love to debate Chris Hedges on the subject of pornography. Because I happen to think sexual pornography is nowhere near as bad as war porn, which is all over the place. 
all these missiles and then the effects of the explosions. We have to look at that, and that's allowed on YouTube, and porn is not. I think that's sick. I think that's a sign of our sick society that beautiful, consensual acts of love are considered obscene, and seeing people blown up is not. So I think Chris Hedges and I appreciate his work in left politics, and I respect him, but I respectfully disagree strongly that it is a good idea to censor pornography that is sexual pornography. I think pornography is a word that's starting to be used like the word addiction. In other words, it kind of is losing its meaning. It just means graphic depictions of things. They do say there's such a thing as war porn. They say there's such a thing as food porn. And some people's idea of a delicious meal is disgusting to other people. So some people's idea of beautiful sex is disgusting to other people. What I just described as the original Valentine's Day, which is Lupercalia, when the Luperci would run around the hills of Rome whipping consensual citizens who presented their butts or their hands for the good luck smack of the februa whip. That's where we get the word February. Anyway, I think it's a beautiful thing. I like spanking and light kink myself, but some people think it's disgusting. Okay, that's how sex is. That's how food is. That's how a lot of life is. Human life is full of different opinions. Does that mean we should censor it? I don't think so. I don't want to be censored from seeing other people's weird food, even if I don't like it, even if it makes me sick to my stomach. And I don't want to be censored from seeing other people's weird sex, even if it makes me a little sick. And if I don't want to get sick, I don't watch it. I'll watch something else. There's plenty to watch all over the Internet. And by the way, if you're trying to protect kids, forget about it. The kids can look at a lot more than the adults. They're, they're smarter that way. Yes. And right now, U.S. Congress has reintroduced a terrible bill. It's called the Earn It Act. And it's as bad as SESTA and FOSTA and worse. It's very dangerous to online privacy and free speech. Essentially, if it goes through, it would censor the whole Internet and all of our free speech, because we all talk about sex. And, you know, I was just censored on YouTube because of something suggestive. Suggestive. What does that mean? Anything. It basically means that the corporations, the bots, can censor us for anything, because anything could be considered suggestive. I think. Because people get turned on by a woman covered from head to toe in a burqa, although they might see her toe. So that's a turn-on. So that's suggestive. uh, And that should be censored according to this bill, according to lots of proposed legislation, according to the way that censorship is being practiced on the right and the left. And we were just raided on a personal note by 
the Arcadia city inspectors because they suspect that anybody that is sex positive is going to be doing something wrong. There is a terrible neo-puritanical movement going on in America. However, if you take a poll, citizens of America, everyday people, are more sexually liberal than ever. Yes, I've noticed that, too, that uh, a lot of the uh, taboos that riled up people just a few short years ago now seem to be gone. So this is being perpetrated upon the people by, what do you, ever you want to call them, oligarchs, influencers, leaders, corporations, that find it profitable to denigrate sex and to enhance a certain tease element, which is what celebrities do, because you're never going to have sex with them. But they dress real sexy and they sing and they act real sexy and we hear all about their sex lives and their divorces. And it's very exciting because our own sex lives, we're so scared. We're so scared of doing something wrong because all these people with influence, whether they're intellectual or political or religious, are telling us we're all wrong. Well, I'm here to tell you you're mostly right. Be sexual. Release your inner bonobo. Be consensual. Be good. But be sexual. Indeed. Dr. Susie, uh, regrettably, we must call call a halt to the proceedings, but uh, I want to once again uh, you, uh, first of all, thank you so much for joining me today. And once again, how can people connect with you, as it were? People can uh, connect with me through... DrSusanBlock.com. You can watch all my wild shows that are censored on YouTube on DrSusanBlock.tv. That's D-R-S-U-S-A-N-B-L-O-C-K.tv. And you can call me anytime, 213-291-9497, when you need to talk. Dr. Susie, thank you so much. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy World Bonobo Day. Happy Lupercalia. Indeed. Dr. Susie, thank you so much. I'm Hartley Plushaw. This is Active Radio. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day. Make love, not war. We'll talk again next week. Nights would pass me by. I tell myself that I was waiting. 980 WCAP, Lowell, Haverhill, Lawrence, Methuen, Nashua, and Salem, New Hampshire, serving the Merrimack Valley.